Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. All right, welcome to Extra Points, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you with his good, good pal, Dave Damashek. His other good, good pal, Charlotte Wilder, is missing. She's going to join us in a little bit. I think, well, I wasn't supposed to say anything, but she is picking out a wedding dress for her and Jim Cunningham. Big day. Everyone saw the meme, right, Dave? Tee-hee, so. tee-hee. It's, it's, it's uh, my lilting laugh. I'm just, I love love, and I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> I also love sports, and as frustrating as it is as a sports fan, a football <clears throat> fan right now, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I'm miffed with how this whole scheduling thing went down against the arch-rival uh, Baltimore Ravens. I guess the silver lining is, Sal, and it's an obvious one. We get sports pretty much now seven days a week. And now the college basketball is back. It's all the better, right? We, I, I'm trying mm. to not get frustrated by the injustice of it to certain teams and certain weeks of the schedule and just right. enjoying the fact that pretty much anytime you flip on your TV, it feels like there's going to be some sort of uh, sport there for us. Yeah, it's hard to take both sides and say, oh, the NFL, look at them. They're greedy a-holes. Look at this. And then be like, oh. Wednesday football. Um, what am I not going to watch? Are you kidding me? During the day, of course I have this on. But it's as like pizza, you said, it's like pizza or Star Wars movies, or you know, Marvel, yeah. like Marvel Universe movies. It's like, yeah, this stinks, but you know, even even when it's not right, it's still uh, it's still pretty tasty. Right, exactly. Right. All right so we're, Charlotte's going to join us in a bit. Uh, we're going to go over some NCAA football. There's some stuff, fun stuff coming out. Notre Dame's in the title game. Uh, the Sun Bowl was canceled. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, this stuff is going on. Uh, I watched basketball yesterday, college hoops, Duke, Michigan State, kind of depressing. I don't even care about either of those teams. I'll, we'll go into it later. Uh, I finished The Undoing. We'll discuss Ooh. that later on. Don't worry. We will give you a heads up for the spoiler, but we should Definitely talk about and talk about quickly, uh, or at least or starting now, Steelers Ravens, because by the time you listen to this, you'll have about an hour, as Dave pointed out, before the game kicks off. Ten and a half, 42 and a half. FanDuel has the Steelers as a favorite. As I said earlier, the Steelers initially, 17 weeks ago when this game was on the board, were a three-point favorite. I thought that was a little sketchy. That's back when Lamar was playing. Then all of COVID ran through that team. They even had two positive tests yesterday. Dave, you're closer to this than I am. I can't even keep track. They had two positive tests yesterday, which made today's game iffy. It looks like they're going to play. What are your thoughts? I know your team gets boned a little bit here. Well, it's funny because I, I I assume that uh, the majority of listeners will, um, the game will already have kicked off or even be over by the time they're listening. So maybe I'm sticking my neck out and I'm going to sound like a dummy, but the 10 and a half, I, I, if it, what jumps out to me about that specifically, just about the, the, the number with the game is RG three is worth. I mean, I know it's not straight up six and a half. Denver's not as good, um, as the Ravens are, but I mean that it's a pretty, but 10 and a half feels low to me, given that the Ravens don't have a lot of their offensive line to throw out there. They have RG three, who we've seen very little of. Um, the Steelers, I guess you're, you're betting on mindset. How, how thrown off are they by 
getting mentally and spiritually right on Wednesday than having the last Wednesday. This is okay. I mean, what, what, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> this start, this mess started like a literally a week ago now. I mean, right. that does matter. It's not like, all right, well, listen, we'll play Stratego tomorrow. Not today. No, no, there's a football game. Like right. there's a certain mental preparedness. If you talk to pro football players that you go through, like, it's not a small matter that you have to go run into other giant human beings um, mm-hmm. and, and you get mentally right to do that. And then, no, we're not going to do it. Well, maybe so. No, we're not going to do it. Uh, uh, now Wednesday. And it's all because of the, because tr- of the stupid tree on NBC. We, we've talked <coughs> about, were we alive for the Heidi bowl? If people don't know, I, I really don't know when that happened. I think that's like 1968 ish, but mm-hmm. in NBC, apparently pulled out of overtime or the late stages of a Raiders jets game way back when, because they had decided they had to air Heidi, the movie. And so it was the Heidi Bowl game. This is worse than that. This is preemptively Heidi Bowling, one of the great or the great rivalry of the 21st century in pro football so that they can light up a bum tree. In and the tree is a bum tree. It's basically it's a, bum a tree. Charlie Brown tree that were, uh, they, they made it to look nice, I'm sure, eventually. But uh, that was another uh, crazy 2020 moment when they took the <clears throat> they took the ropes off that thing and it fell all over the place. Um, yes, you're right. Uh, this should be in prime time. This is uh, I, back to that line, 10 and a half. Yeah, I think it could be a crushing uh, and I think it will be a crushing. The only thing keeping it at 10 and a half is maybe in the trenches. All the guys we're not mentioning. They still remember it's a rivalry. OK, Dobbins is out. Ingram's out. They don't have a running game. They don't have a passing game. So. You know, you would think Lamar is worth at least a touchdown more than uh, RG3. I think RG3 is going to have to do what Lamar hasn't been able to do all year or most of the games, throw downfield, right? They're That's what get he be- could do. <clears throat> They're going to get behind that- early, and he's going to have to hit Des Bryant probably on some big plays or Brown or you know stuff that, that Lamar has been struggling with. I'll tell you what, Dave, 30 to 9. I'm not sure. I know you get shortchanged by you don't get 10 days off or stuff like this, but 30 to nine convincing win over the Ravens. And most of this becomes academic. So you're saying uh, take the under because I saw it at 42 just before. 42 and a half. Yeah. 42 and a half. I I wouldn't play with it too much. Nice teaser is Pittsburgh minus four, four and a half and uh, under 48 and a half. I think you're pretty safe with those two. But uh, you have to be confident that they're going to beat them up here. No, I'm not confident because who knows? <laughs> and it's snowy to boot and it's Wednesday morning. And what the hell is going on? When three o'clock? What? Who knows what? But I do know, as you say, the guys in the trenches, that's the thing. I, you know, I don't I, I couldn't tell you when the Heidi Bowl happened, uh, whether the Raiders or Jets were good. Um, but I mm-hmm. do know that the Steelers and Ravens are both tracking towards the playoffs. The Ravens need this one desperately. Really? I, they really do need to win this game. And now they're behind the eight ball. And, and that leads you to conspiracy theories. You're not crazy just because some guy in ESPN shouts you down on Twitter. Like I'm sick of it. Think of somebody else. Uh, yeah, I am thinking of somebody else. I'm thinking of the Steelers. This sucks if that they, that they get the, the short end of the stick again, because the Ravens couldn't behave themselves, but the Ravens need this game unless this is all the conspiracy theory is. Are they trying to keep kicking it down the road by one day, one day at a time, so that then it forces the league to create the Week 18, which, coincidentally or not, would probably get the Ravens into the playoffs. Yeah. And as you brought up last week to me, whether it's the Browns or Ravens, 
if there is a, a wild card weekend and the Steelers are the number one seed and they have to play the Ravens or the Browns, you're not going to be excited. I'm going to I'm going to be sick. I'm going right. to be sick about it. Yeah, because you'll have racked up. Did you beat the Browns twice yet? No, you, just oh, no, once, no. and they Last closed the, the season out. Last game right. of the year, right. And I think it will matter to Pittsburgh because Kansas City is going to be near. I don't know who wins that tiebreaker. I think you went over it on Twitter, but yes. and, it's, and it's looking way too far ahead still, uh, a month ahead. But uh, Kansas City will probably be in line for that number one seed, probably um, going into week 17, I think. The biggest game, game probably something. in in AFC um, seedings and assuming it stays at a seven-team seven um, playoff structure on the AFC side, probably the most significant game is the Chiefs in New Orleans. That's the swing. If you assume the Steelers right. aren't going to run the table, which let's uh, – not be crazy. Maybe they've lost by the time you're listening to us right now and you'll see I'm right. Nah. But 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 yes, I mean they they have at the Bills and they have the Colts and they have at the uh, and at the Browns and and Washington's playing well and that pass rush is getting nasty all of a sudden as you could have forecasted. They're not going to run the table. So this so the Chiefs need to lose a game somewhere right. here. Yeah, Chiefs New um, Orleans will have NFC implications too. The Packers oh, will yeah. catch, catch the Saints too. So that'll uh But do you agree with one. me now what I said on Monday before the game against the Eagles and not you could learn not that you could learn much against poor Carson Wentz and that sad Eagles team. Uh, but I think that a month from now everybody will be on the same page with me. The Seahawks are the best team in in the NFC. I I think the Packers are really really good, but I think that the Seahawks are officially shaping up to be scary now. If, DK, yeah, if that I, they defense, were bad the other day, that defense plays 80% of what they played that game. And even against Arizona, I think you're right. I know you like snacks. I know you like uh, Adams and Dunlop has, has been pretty good. They've controlled the line of scrimmage. I think as far as offenses go, Russ, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and the NFC are the two quarterbacks who have most control over their offense. You could run against the Packers. Um, but and yet I don't think we've seen the most explosive Aaron Jones game on the other end or uh, and I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's those two. I think they're neck and neck, Seattle and, and uh, Green Bay. I don't know why everyone's so against Green Bay, the, the pundits and there and all the, the, the sports gamblers. And I like that team. What's wrong with that team? I know same same thing. You don't learn as much when they beat up on the Bears, but. What's not to like about that team? Because uh, we, it's what we've talked about. It's even if it's in August, narratives get formed and then people, as is the human condition, have a hard time shaking themselves off of what they decided before mm -hmm. anything even happened. And um, everybody decided the Packers screwed themselves. The brain trust screwed Aaron Rodgers and the team oh, right. in 2020 yeah. by by not drafting for, for the here and now. And who knows, really, that maybe that will be when we leave the season. We'll say, man, just imagine the Packers. They were so good in Jan all season and in January. But imagine if they would have had that one extra playmaker right. on offense against the Seahawks or Saints in uh, the NFC title game. I wonder if that's how we'll leave the thing. But that's that's why people decided that the Packers decided this at the draft. Forget about even uh, end yeah. of summer. People decided, man, they left some meat on the bone there. And I really do wonder. It is a fun what-if game to play of the Packers are really good, but what guy can you pull out of the first round um, that's a pass catcher or otherwise that well, would have jazzed up that roster for 2020? It would have to be a second rounder, though, right? Because they had a late first round. Where did Jordan Love go? I'm trying to... Late first round. Late but, first I mean, yeah, round, the, right. So Right, if they draft... Who's, who's the best playmaker you see right after that 
that they could have grabbed that would have been, I mean, you put him next to Devonte Adams and suddenly it would have been, especially in a year, despite the fact that, you know, Jeff Schwartz and I talked about this a lot. I think you were on our page too and talked to football players about it. Like Schwartz, like what's a rookie going to do given the lack of, uh, of off season workouts with teammates right. and otherwise. And he said, these guys aren't going to make any impact. They're just not, they're not the 2020 is going to be too weird. Rookies aren't going to, be relevant in in this season, and of course they were almost immediately. But like Michael Pittman is a for instance. Michael right. Pittman I'm, could have been on. I'm the I'm looking. Packers. You're right. So the, the the wide receivers is what we're targeting here, right? And it's been a, a plethora of success at that position the last few years in the draft. Rieger went 21. They weren't getting him. These are guys they'd have to trade up for. Justin Jefferson, outstanding, uh, 22. They weren't getting him. Brandy, I, Brandon Ayuk went the pick before Jordan Love, so he's been decent. Hurt a lot. Uh, so that's the first round. So the second round, they take the Dylan kid out of uh, BC, the running back, which they already have a pick. But you're right. right. Pittman, Pittman Could have taken is Chase the, Claypool. How about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pittman goes 34 to the Colts. I don't have, we don't have to go through all this. You're no, right. indeed. Uh, but I, I, Chanel, I do think is now we're, because what's exciting is we get distracted by like what's going to happen tomorrow on the schedule and when's that game going to be that was supposed to be on Sunday afternoon is now on Tuesday yeah. at 3.30 a.m. and all that kind of stuff. We get lost. We're just a month away from the playoffs now. It's pretty crazy, yeah. and I'm not going to commend the NFL for jamming these games in necessarily. They, their desire is to do it for the, you know, because of their network partnerships and everything else. They're desperate to get these games played instead of forfeiting them. But it is crazy to look up. At, this happens every year. Why should 2020 be any different? We're in week 13 almost. As soon as this game ends, um, we're yeah. on to week 13. We're, we're, we just we got a quarter of the season of the regular season left. The so playoffs that, are just about here. That's, that's what the NFL wants to hang their hat on, right? Say what you will about us, and we're uncaring and everything. Hey, we got through. If they do play this game today, 12 full weeks, right? So that's three quarters of the schedule. Um, well, three quarters of most teams' uh, games, whatever. We're getting there. Uh, one more thing about it. The only thing I'm looking at with this, this wide receiver thing, the Steelers went out again. They just beat everyone. I know it's no surprise, but the fact that the Steelers get Claypool at 20, 49, you know, they could have taken they could have taken Van Jefferson or Denzel Mims or who knows. On a lot of draft boards, those guys were higher than Claypool. No, they didn't. They win again. Uh, I do want to talk about this. Does it seem like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to predict the spread here. I predict spreads, but not spread of virus. But um, utilizing Wednesday, and like you said, now this marks the first time in NFL history a game will have been played on all seven days over the course of a season. Utilizing Wednesday kind of means they could have their way with a lot of these games, right? It, it depends, obviously, if there's a super, super spread but it really looks like they could arrange things so somebody plays Wednesday and then they play the following Monday, which is a stretch like your Steelers are doing against Washington or Tuesday. They really got their cake and ate it too here, the NFL, right? They really did. That That's the problem. It's pizza. It's not perfect pizza. It's it's mediocre pizza, but it still tastes good is the point. By the way, the other thing with, with COVID and everything else and how uh, football bleeds into real life, what Pittsburgh hotel took the Ravens last night? I really do wonder. I mean, I checked with a couple guys. I know mm. where they stayed, but I mean, like, why would that hotel open its doors to, to the percentage of human beings rolling through the door, knowing that they're, uh, that their positives are positive adjacent. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what it means to, 
be close contact for you know, all that kind of stuff. But it, for real, like why would the what Pittsburgh based hotel would say? Yeah, come a- on any in. of them, any of them. Pittsburgh's I know they gross. need the business. I I've guess, been telling but... you this for years. Pittsburgh's gross. It's not like they're not going. It's going to Dallas. It's a different story. They'd be quarantined. You know, you're, you're disgraceful. You're, you're, America's you're most Omni. livable city thrice at least. Not now. As determined by Rand McNally. Well, no, because of the because of the Rand. Yeah, nobody, most, nobody most wants that. City. Right. But um, you're right that these games, like we, it was always told us, like, well, you, you I mean, you know, football players have to rest. You know, you can't, you can't play game. But if if those bets are now off and we can play games every four or five days, if you can jam them in there, I mean, the bottom line is, what do I know about big business? That's why I talk about sports for a living, but. It really does seem like the players union needs to, as always has been true right? Uh, from D Smith to Gene Upshot. They just need to do a better job. This is crazy that the players are just, I guess, helpless. And if they do sit the game out, they sign something. The players right. union really signed something that said, well, if we forfeit games, we don't get paid. Like what? I, how did yeah. that happen? How did that happen? <laughs> they cried the poverty and, and that, that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, we have Charlotte Wilder. Oh, Col- oh look at that. Hello. What's happening? Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Listen, here's where we were, Charlotte. We were finishing up on yeah. the Steelers Ravens game, which probably is over by the time anyone's listening to this. But I did want to point out yep. the last time a Wednesday game was played, September 5th, 2012, Cowboys at Giants, MetLife Stadium. It was originally scheduled for Thursday, but it was bumped to Wednesday because President Obama. Barack Obama was president. Yeah, probably. I guess so. <laughs> president Obama was making a speech at the DNC. The Cowboys won 24-17. Number nine, Tony Romo, three touchdowns, 307 yards. So here it is, Dave. You want pre- You think there's enough pressure on this game, this big rivalry, Ravens-Steelers? Big Ben has an opportunity, I don't think he'll do it, to become the greatest Wednesday quarterback ever. He has to top 307 and three. Wow. Fingers crossed. Uh, listen, let Tony have something. He has so little. <laughs> let, let, let's let ha- Romo have that. But I will say, as everybody once again makes the same mistake, where we're six weeks ago. Remember when Russell Wilson was the was the beyond uh, a doubt MVP? Now Patrick Mahomes is in that same position. I know we talked about it, and I think Charlotte's right that Derrick Henry at least deserves some um, shout out there. I've also said Alvin Kamara. The numbers don't support it necessarily, but I also think running backs, we should expand our our thinking. But for real, what are we talking about that Ben Roethlisberger, if they go 16-0 and 0, mm. and he continues his statistical track, which is a very low interception total and a pretty decent uh, chunk of, of uh, touchdown pass, when are we changing the... When, when did we decide that we're now changing the standard here what is most valuable that more than a team that didn't make the playoffs a year ago right because they had they had a, a backup QB in if they then that same basic roster then I'm not saying that they're gonna go undefeated but if they did go undefeated what are, what are we talking about here that 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 the, that the quarterback of that team wouldn't be the MVP yeah he's not but- some passenger he's not Bob Greasy on the undefeated Dolphins, he would be the central figure in them running the table but if they did it, it. Here's the thing, though. If you go undefeated, does Ben win MVP? Does Tomlin win Coach of the Year? Does Claypool win Rookie of the Year? It can't all be, right? Because Yes, it can. If you go undefeated, no. that's what happens. What happened when if the you... Pats went undefeated? Who won what award? Tom Brady was MVP. Um, Belichick I don't know wasn't when... Coach of the Year, was he? But they didn't go undefeated, right? Did they go undefeated? Well, no, they gave it. 16-0. Sorry, they went 16-0. 
24 touchdowns, five interceptions for Roethlisberger. Uh, that's good. 20, I think that's good. It's pretty good. I mean, Here, I'm looking Ma- up. What, Mahomes what year is has that? a thousand more yards. Mahomes has 3,500. Ben has 2,500. A thousand's a lot of yards, Dave. I'll, I'll even I'll give you the six touchdowns. Although no, I guess dude, he makes up for it. This is I can't believe the, this is a stupid conversation for us to indulge right now because the game is over and maybe Roethlisberger right. threw four interceptions to yeah, the Ravens' hope. backup defense. Well, make me but look good. yeah, so Romo stands as Wednesday's greatest ever. Uh, Wednesday's child for all of time. But um. <laughs> Uh, but that so what? I mean, it, it, my my answer to that is Patrick Mahomes. Again, this is exactly what we were just talking about. Talk Coach about a narrative that was formed in the off season. The off season narrative was, yeah, but Roethlisberger's holding them back. He's the he's the question mark, and is yeah. he healthy? And couldn't they be better if they had a different QB? If they run the table, then the, the and then I, again. We knew what Patrick Mahomes had coming into the season. Nobody thought that the Steelers were going to be sitting in this position. I'm not, I don't want to be, get crazy and then get a bunch of tweets about how I'm being a homer in favor of the Steelers quarterback. But I mean, if they go, it ends up being similar. I get it. But Chad, here's the thing quarterback at the Chiefs goes seven and nine, too. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. But Belichick did win coach of the year when the Pats went 16 and 0. Was that the last time? That might have been the last time he won. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So and Brady, it and Brady is won MVP. Yeah, sure. I, I, yeah, they got. They'll give him something. I agree. Um, there's a month left. Also, Derek Carr was uh, the the winner of the MVP through Week 12 in 2016 or something. So, <laughs> so was Carson time. Wentz in 2017, right? No, yeah. that's not true. That can't be true. <laughs> My God. Carson, who? <laughs> uh, let's see. It's getting oh. sad. It's getting. It's, it's reached that place where you feel sad for. Somebody worth a hundred million dollars who's uh, much much younger than we are. It's true. Like, poor poor guy. But you know what? You can mask the sadness, guys, and you can add a little excitement to your sports watching experience by betting all the action on FanDuel Sportsbook this football season. There's a reason FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. The app is simple to use. They have great odds on all different betting markets. Same game parlays. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna figure out a nice one. We're gonna make you brought up pizza, Dave. We're gonna make a nice little pizza here with the same game parlay. We'll, we'll all take a little prop and see where it goes. But here's the best part: if you win, FanDuel gives you your winning safely in as little as 24 hours. And right now they're letting you place your first bet risk-free up to a thousand dollars. Just place a bet on any game. FanDuel will refund you up to one thousand dollars if you don't win your first bet. No strings attached. You win, you keep the cash, you lose. They refund you in site credit. Uh, here's the same game, uh, same game parlay. I am going to say, you just just whatever pops into your mind, you tell me what is going to pop in. I say Chase Claypool, the aforementioned, scores the first touchdown in the game. Dave, throw, throw a prop my way. Steelers minus 10 and a half. How about All that? All right. Steelers That's minus mine. 10 and a half. Charlotte, wow. tell me what you think is going to happen in the game. You can say anything. You can tell what's me. The, uh, what's the over? What's the over? Oh, the miss over all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 42 and a half. You want to yeah, go over that it. number? Yep. All right. I sure do. You know what? If we're looking at a 31-14 game, our, our parlay of Chase Claypool scoring first touchdown, Steelers minus 10 and a half and over 42 and a half is a nice little uh nice little smorgasbord what would you call that a casserole dave you're the food I'd, expert i'd call right? that a, a nice charcuterie plate Ooh, charcuterie plate. oh we're gonna get to that uh, we, we all love our cheese i think that would pay close to six or seven to one odds you plug that in 
FanDuel Sportsbook. Do it in the app. What are you waiting for? Download it. Get started and be sure to sign up with our promo code extra points so they know we sent you. That's FanDuel Sportsbook promo code extra I, I call it a I call it a frittata. And that reminds <laughs> me that um, I don't like uh, here's a controversial food take. Yeah, I don't like breakfast burritos. I don't I don't like I like eggs and I like burritos, but I don't like eggs in my burrito. It throws off. Really? Because it, well, it almost invariably too? gets too much egg in it. And I like a burrito that's cheesy and spicy. And like I say, I'll eat my eggs for breakfast. I just don't want a breakfast burrito for breakfast. Hmm. Too much. Is it possible okay. we have we have no opinion, Charlotte? Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> we were, I think we were, breakfast burritos are like pretty. That strikes me as a strange thing to not be into because there's not much to not. It's like, <laughs> of course, <laughs> there's not much to not be into about it. But that's Dave's starting point. OK, what's something that there's not too much to be into? OK, all right. Let me grab that. Not too much to not be into. Not not too much. to not. Uh, you know like what else I don't like good, for breakfast? The eggs are what? good. Carbs are good. Yeah. No. Uh, well, OK, listen, you, you guys can stuff your egg uh, burritos into your pie holes. And uh, you know what else Thank I'm you. not going to be eating? Holes. You what can also it? have, you can also have, right. You can also take your eggs Benedict. Cause I'm not into that either. But, uh, oh, see that's ho- a trap. I like eggs on toast. Holland, like hollandaise yeah. sauce. Overrated. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, D- Dave doesn't like holiday sauce and, and butter and like, all, I was going to say my favorite, tasty things. my like, favorite foods are, is fat. <laughs> yeah like course. any put any kind of fat on any kind of carb and i'm gonna love it you do all right you 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 burn it off at a nice rate i'm i've not uh mastered that yet uh, well thanks so you know i'm waiting for that to not be the case but so far knock on wood <laughs> knock on wood the harbaugh's don't ruin football because dave you mentioned it earlier that the ravens i guess Whoa. if they play this game it, this is all uh academic but the Harbaugh's, these two brothers, had really had the opportunity to screw pro and college football up. Now, as you mentioned, the Ravens could have uh, coveted their way to a forfeit, meaning that the Steelers would have to play a first-round game. They would lose their bye because the NFL, more likely than not, was not going to add a week, but they were going to go to the eight-team uh, playoff format in each conference. So, okay, Rave, okay, really? Oh, and we're struggling to get into the playoffs? We'll just forfeit and fight for the eighth seed. That seems easier. And by the way, we're screwing the Steelers either way, so that's fun. Similarly, on the college side, you got the other Harbaugh coaching Michigan. What a disastrous team that is. They play Ohio State in a couple weeks. If they forfeit that game or can't play that game, Ohio State, by the Big Ten rules, isn't eligible for the Big Ten championship game, and they're kicked out of the playoffs. So the Harbaugh's, and Kirk Herbstreit alluded to this yesterday, didn't say that they were thinking of doing this, but I think basically brought it up as a a possibility and then had to go back and apologize. He's obviously a big Ohio State guy. He had to apologize about this. I got to tell you, this is a messed up year, obviously. I would have liked if uh, Michigan did that to Ohio State. That would all all of a sudden be the best rivalry in college football. I think it is maybe already, but some of those SEC teams would uh, tend to disagree. Would you guys have a problem with with, uh, Ohio State getting C-blocked by Michigan here? I would on principle. Like that Ah. would, would, no, no, no. It would make me so mad that a good team got screwed over by a team that lost, that just can't get it together. 
Right. That I would I would hate it. I would think from a setting the stage perspective, it could make the next 10 years of college football wildly entertaining because they already hate each other so much. Like, I didn't realize the extent to which these schools hate each other until I went to an Ohio State game where they were playing Penn State. They weren't playing Michigan Mm -hmm. and people were dressed up in like making fun of Michigan, they had all these things set up on their tailgates to like a, you know, a moose that pooped Michigan colored M&Ms only. And I was like, Ooh. oh, they wouldn't say the word. They say that school up north like it it blew my mind. I'd never seen hatred like that. And so I think that if if Michigan were to do that, it would be like putting steroids <clears throat> into someone already super jacked up. Yes. Let me tell you something. You put a little hollandaise sauce out of the M&Ms on them. I, I don't care what <laughs> ass it came out of. No, I need uh, it. Dave. Uh, come on, man. This would be great. I mean, uh, obviously, every, you know how everyone hates the Hemsworth brothers? Uh, maybe I just mm-hmm. made that up. But no, the Harbaugh don't. brothers, I guess they <laughs> uh, the Harbaugh brothers would become instant villains. Like, not even now, it's like, oh, they may be inept and maybe the game has passed them by. Now they're villains. I, I would love it. I would love this. If they the Van Winkle brothers? Who's that? The, the, no, the, the Winklevoss. The Winklevoss? The Winklevoss. The Van yeah. Winkle, whatever they're called. Yeah, the... <laughs> yeah. the uh, junior and Eric. Oh my God, you got the Winklevoss confused with the Hemsworths. <laughs> the two brothers who shot their parents. These, these oh, are, the Menendez uh, brothers. Yeah. The Menendez brothers. And now, now we have the worse. Harbaugh's to this This is list. worse. Yes. yes, I agree. I think empirically we can agree that this would be worse. Now, listen, <laughs> on one hand, it would be outrageous and I will, I will shame, I will shout shame from the top of Mount Pius if mm. John Harbaugh somehow gets his way and gets his his Ravens into the playoffs um, by creating an eighth uh, eighth game. I mean, listen, I I hate conspiracy theories. They've been the undoing of our millennium so far. However, it does feel like that's exactly what John Harbaugh was trying to do with the with the slow leaking out day after day of more positives. I know I don't get. I'm not a doctor, so I'm so so maybe I'm being uh, a, a rival mm-hmm. fan. The other side of it, though, Sal. The, Mich- the Michigan Wolverines are playing for nothing. They're, so they're, there's fun. nothing here. And I have no rooting interest here, except that it would be nice if the Indiana Hoosiers got to play in the uh, in the Big Ten Championship. So perhaps I have uh, an ulterior motive. I think it would be just marvelous. I think it would be really, it's, really uh, it'd be good. It would be, Come on, it would be so well, fun. The other difference <laughs> so, between Baltimore... Be so if it happens to me, I'm going to be mad. If it happens to my team, I'll be mad. But But... Just from a distance, this would be really yeah. funny if they did. I think I do. I think I, for better or for worse, developed a, a soft spot for Ohio State. A when I went there, and mm-hmm. then I do this podcast with Mark Titus, who's a big Ohio oh, State right. guy. I think yeah. it's been like I think it's been osmosis. So I feel some sort of way about Ohio State, and I'm a little embarrassed to be well, honest. Well, I guess, and they would make the playoffs as is now. It seems right. They get the, they're undefeated, and they get that spot. And you know, yeah. Dave, Have you seen their in, marching in the- band? I know they do the eye. They dot the eye. They, I know, and that's that was accidental. You know, the first time they did that, that was that. But they didn't mean. Is that no, true? No, no, of oh. course not. No. <laughs> did you? What do you think though about you know the the people who get up on Mount Pius, these NFL um, yeah. uh, scouts and otherwise who who pretend like oh this kid abandoned his teammates before the bowl game to keep himself healthy. Healthy. I I think that's got to ding him in the draft process. We can't draft a guy who's not committed to the team and then they obviously ignore it and take the guy where he is is the same effect going to be true if jim harbaugh parts ways with michigan at the end of this thing if he really 
uh, facilitates a pass for Michigan to not play Ohio State to screw Ohio State. Does that do, do NFL you know owners or GMs or anything look at Jim Harbaugh and go like, ah, screw this guy. He he, no. he, he doesn't get the spirit of the game. We're not uh, nah. we're not going to hire this guy. Probably. I think no. that legitimately could. I think no. if there's any way that an NFL owner thinks that a coach could bring either more merch sales or um, possibly possibly wins, I don't really see how Harbaugh would be the guy for that. I, I think that they will not get too hung up on like the sanctity of the game. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it could go either way. I think you're right. But I think that they should have sat down the brothers at Thanksgiving and said, let's let's ruin football. Let's do it. Ravens don't <laughs> They're show the up. They're the Grinches. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the Grinches of, of football. It would be so good. Plus, the other thing, okay, so today's game is a 10.5-point game. Worst case scenario for Baltimore uh, roster-wise. Michigan-Ohio State is at least three touchdowns now, I think, looking at it this year. So, um, I don't One know, more thing fun. about that, too. Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah. Kirk. Yeah. Bizarre yeah. name. Bizarre level. Weird name for a baby. <laughs> Kirk the baby. Um but uh, I don't think so. I so you know his parents, whatever. That's uh, rear view mirror stuff. But right. you know, do better next time, Kirk the baby. Next time, um, the parents. The, are 70, um, but I will say old. about Kirk Kerbstreet. What? What the? What, why does he have to apologize? And uh, a fine that he apologized. But worse than that to me <clears> is <throat> I don't like I don't like when people give themselves some weird credit of like I'm proud. Kirk says in his uh, little apology speech, I pride myself. I'm playing it down the middle. I don't I don't punch it uh, Michigan and I I pride myself over the course of my career not doing that. Like what's why are you proud of that? What so you, so you're basically conceding you're a phony? Like that you hide that? We're we're grown up people here. Most of us are grown up people. We discussed that the other day. Sal and I are on team allow us to maintain the delusion that you right. hate each other. I don't this idea I I really do feel like that's 20th century stinking thinking. This thing of like I have no rooting interest. Then, then why are you in this business then? You have no, why would Sal care about sports if he didn't embrace a team when he was a kid? Of course right. he has rooting interests. Of course we all have rooting interests. If I played for one team for 12 years, as I did in pro football, I my my uh, loyalties are going to go to that team naturally. I don't. Is like that a this money thing, thing though? Is it a money thing? No. Is it like for next contract? Because like I I uh, I, I like Kirk Herbstreit. I talk, I've spoken to him a bunch, and he um <clears throat> I was on a crazy run picking games for ESPN, and I went to the uh, it was the first national championship, right? Oregon, Ohio State, and he's like, "Who do you got? You're red hot." I'm like, "I'm taking Oregon." And he stared right through me. I mean, he could say that he has no, you know, he plays it down the middle. <clears throat> but I'm like, holy shit, should I change my pick? He ended up being right. Ohio State won that game. But maybe it's a money thing, Charlotte. Maybe it's like, I don't want to be known as a homer. I'll get less in my next contract. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I think that that could <clears throat> factor in as a something that goes through your head. But I think it's more of a college football fans are so intense that if it, it's not that he's saying he doesn't have a rooting interest, he's saying he plays it down the middle for his job, because the whole thing about having a rooting interest and in being in the booth, like if you if I don't feel like what he said about Michigan potentially doing this is him being an Ohio State homer. I think it's an actual legitimate thing that could happen or that is a possibility. So if he weren't an Ohio State fan, I don't think he would have had to apologize to the right. same extent. But I think it's about making sure that fans aren't on you and saying you're bad at your job or you don't deserve your job yeah. because it's like, it, it's a sort of fine line between like having a rooting interest and not 
um, making people hate you when they listen to you on a broadcast. Well, I think the thing is, though, Charlotte. Yeah, that's right. I think, but but the charade of that that why the charade? Come on, we're, we're, we 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 don't need but it. I don't, we know I you don't do have that, a rooting. I don't think playing it down the middle means you don't have a rooting interest. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. No, right. I think yeah. I, I I just think that um the the perceived need to do that. It you a homer. People always say Dave's such a homer. No, no. I what I think is going to happen is often different than what I want to have happen. Sure. And as long as you can maintain that distinction, I don't see the problem. Right, but I think that's what he was saying. Is like I'm, you know, I know I get yeah. Well, I what, guess I see what, what you're I want to know is what happens to this apology when Jim Harbaugh actually does this. When he, right, he act does he get, <laughs> does he get to take the apology back? I mean. Damage done, I feel, with Herb Street. Good job. Okay, you had to apologize. You didn't have to apologize. He did apologize. But it's out there now, right? Not that Michigan no, wasn't he shamed thinking about him. it. I think what he did was, I think he shamed Jim Harbaugh mm. in Michigan out of it. I think he actually... Really? So even I'm, if, they're, if they were likely the to middle, do it, now I they're not. Uh, what uh, I, I, I have no rooting. I don't want any of that kind of stuff. What he did, essentially, was, was shame them. And by the way, he didn't retract... The, the, that he thinks that's good. He said, I have no proof of that. All he right. said continually was, I have no proof that this is what Michigan's doing. He's like, Michigan's not, he didn't say Michigan isn't doing it. He said, I have no proof that that's what they're thinking. About. So it could have actually been the most brilliant Homer move of all time. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Mm, and, galaxy brain. Interesting. Well, Jim, don't let that dissuade you. Go for it. <laughs> Just do it. Ruin everything. Light the ship on fire. I want to see it. I want to see it. Like Charlotte says, what are the next 10 years like if Michigan screws over Ohio State this year in 2020? If they do it, that's I'm a little what scared. I want. I, what, yeah. I, what I say is, don't, I, I feel like, I don't know what's funnier. Sal, you're you're the all-time mixer, so you know what's the, the way to really upset <laughs> right. people the most in any situation. <laughs> is it funnier if Michigan decides to no-show and costs their arch rival a shot at the national title? Is it funnier if Jim Harbaugh is like, yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's that's exactly why we're not doing mm-hmm. it. We'd like to play, but it's funnier if we keep Ohio State out. Or is it like, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? No, we, we just can't play. We can't do it. Uh, Which is the funnier uh, way to play it? Oh, man, they're both funny, but the the admitting to it is more evil. And I, I think, think so, too. Impactful, I think so, and I too. love it. I really like it. Wow, really? I would have yeah. said just sort of playing it like we just can't. It's just like there's something so obnoxiously pretending to be innocent about that. Well, he would also give... be fired. Let's be let's be honest. He'd be fired if he made it like that was the reason. Yeah. Like, yes, we can play, but we're not going to. He would be right. he would have to play at the second. He'd have to do plan B. Where no like, one, no, no, no one in are... a position of power on their way out the door would do anything petty to, you know, take shots. at Oh, uh, yeah. I guess the it. next job again, like we talked, would be would be tough. It's not a great resume. <laughs> I think it, but it would be like a party for Michigan fans instead of the game. Yeah, it's like, true. yeah, go out and tailgate the non game Michigan fans. Yeah, exactly. Wolverine instead pride. Of... Yeah, we could lose thirty-one to three, or we could ruin their season. What? what what's this? Is our chance? Um, we talked about allegiances and and fans, and um, I want to switch to college basketball. Duke played Michigan State yesterday, seventy-five uh, sixty-nine. The Spartans won. Duke was terrible. They were like two for sixteen from three at one point in an empty Cameron Indoor Stadium. Now I've had a bunch of spot. You, you have realizations right throughout the year, like oh my god. The first time I watched a baseball game with no fans and there was a long a foul ball and you, you actually see that there's tens of thousands of empty seats. Like, ooh, that's going to be tough to get used to. I think I got used to it uh, 
I eventually got used to it. Football, same. College basketball, Cameron Indoor Stadium, empty. Not empty. They had Cameron cardboards, cardboard cutouts out and no noise and no fans jumping in the seat until the first basket and all that stuff. It was weird. I don't know that I can get used to it. I don't know if you guys saw highlights or what, but watching just like 20 minutes straight of it, which I did, was very strange. And uh, again, I guess we'll get used to it. But this, uh, this I think, goes to the top of the list of bizarre um, altered viewing experiences. Well, I wonder if part of it is that we didn't have to get used to it with basketball because they were in the bubble. It yeah. wasn't we didn't have to see empty basketball arenas of just, mm-hmm. you know, the void staring back at us. They did a good job, right? They added the virtual fans and they the way they shot it, you're right, was like three. I think rows that's what it is. All now. that stuff. Yeah. The way it's they the cam angle. I think the camera angle is the number one factor in it. Um, you the the hockey um was good because you didn't really see the lack of fans. And football is good as long as they don't do the field shots. When they take those field shots and look up, right. then you see. Oh, the stadium! I completely forget that the stadium's empty for long stretches of watching on TV until they ironically get close to the players and shoot up. And behind them, you see, oh, they're just thousands of empty seats. Right, right. How weird. Or when they intercept the ball and the defense all runs to find the camera to celebrate the TV. Like you're like, oh, right, right. Zero people there. Yeah. Weird. But you don't basketball. It's hard to create that shot, the camera angle that that um, cuts out the fans that would be normally, yeah. by, especially the Cameron crazies. You always see them bouncing up and down. Yeah, it's noticeable to your eye. 10 rows that. of all blue. And you had a jo- I think Charlotte's and- right too. the bubble, the NBA bubble. You accepted that all the games yeah. are being played in these bubbles. And so your eye made quick, uh, made a quick adjustment. When you start jumping around the places that you're used to seeing, like, uh, uh, the Cameron crazies bouncing up and down and they're not there. It's like, oh man, this sucks. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte's always right, I guess. Nah. Okay. That's what can we'll we clip that. Can we just get that? Can I just get that? Uh, I think we video have of Sal saying that <laughs> I'm collecting them all. Sorry, my, I wasn't recording. I don't think, uh, I don't think <laughs> you're going to be able to get that. Um, all right. We're done talking sports for a minute, except for one thing I want to say about oh, sports. Yeah. Sal texted me last night. He's like, I don't like any of these, uh, NFL numbers for week 13. And yeah. I said, Oh, contraire. Uh, I can't wait for Friday's podcast already because I, I feel like this is, it's clarifying. I told you I'm like Neo on mm. top of that building of the skyscraper in the matrix when he's like, I don't know how to fly a helicopter. And they're like, well, what are we going to do? He's like, hold on a second. He's like, boop, 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 boop. Now I know how to fly a helicopter. Oh, wow. That's Dave Damashek where the pro football season's concerned. I didn't know how to fly a helicopter in week two, but now that we're in week 13, the final stretch, Damashek, boop, 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 boop. Really? Telling you all the winners coming well, up on week Friday. Well, week 12, we jumped out of that helicopter with a, a half-ass parachute attached to us. <laughs> they, Dave and I, Charlotte carried us to, carried herself to victory. I'm just an overs girl now. She's an overs girl. Extra points. She likes the points. Of course. What a spokesperson. Um, so we will have that for you Friday, our extra points for extra pay parlay. I don't, we yeah, got off to tune a in start. to see which over I choose. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of overs to choose from. Dave and I will scratch out a game and we'll put together a parlay for you. And we will win. God damn it. We're going to win. But I want to talk about, and this is at the point where if you uh, don't want to have a spoiler um, thrown in your head uh, about uh, having to do with the undoing on HBO Max, 
you could say goodbye to us right now because we're going to discuss. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. In this uh, just ahead. if you're leaving now, just a reminder: you may feel like an underdog, <laughs> but please remember you're all our favorites. There okay, you go. Back to you, right. Sal. Not real. I don't know if they're all the people that uh, tune out of our podcast. Seventy-five, eighty percent in are all our favorite. Okay, yeah, they are. They're all they, everyone's. We our get. Favorites. They need. We need them to come back. So Th- they that's are. true. Oh yeah, yeah. Come back. You're all our favorites. The undoing. I finished last night. I started the night everyone watched the finale. I think I knocked out one. I knocked out two Monday night and then finished off. We did three, the wife and I, last night. Um, I liked it. I really liked it. Dave, you didn't like I thought one through six. All good. All I liked, compelling. I liked five and a half mm. of them. I liked the first five and a half, and then all of a sudden, they apparently just fired the existing um, writers and director ah. and hired... and. Uh, NBC movie of the week staff to finish things off. What the hell happened there? There were they, did they just abandon the entire premise, the entire tone of the show for the last 25 minutes? What the hell happened there? Hugh Grant was one character until right at the end. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, he's an unhinged lunatic. Now, 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 now he cannot comport himself. Now he's not a, a diabolical, uh, mad genius like or or, or an evil criminal like he just he can't control it. what the hell happened there they just completely threw all the rules that they had created for themselves about well, he, their he about, was about the plot to, about to lose his freedom so he became unhinged but the idea i think was that he's been like that since a boy he's been an evil mastermind right who shows no remorse and and uh and uh yeah i i, I like i don't know so, i i like the murder here's the thing with me i had no People had a problem that it was him. He w- it was looking like it was him in episode one, and then it ended up being him in episode six. I have no problem with that if between one and six, your mind makes you think that it could have been three or four people. And that that's what happened to me. Charlotte, did you so, feel the same way or did you always think it was I him? didn't. I didn't have a problem that it was him. What I did have a problem with is that it was a movie about a sociopath, a psychopath. Like it was a it was a psychological thriller. And the way they wrote it as a book, I've done some research into this, was that it was you knew fairly early on that he did it. And the book was about the wife sort of figuring coming to terms with it, or it was almost like a psychological journey mm-hmm. of it. So it wasn't a murder mystery who done it, which they turned that into, which I thought just like slightly didn't work. And I just my problem with it was that I thought the ending was corny as hell. I feel like they they were like really? we need to give I think they thought we need to give people a twist if it's going to be him. So the twist is that he kidnaps his son and almost jumps off a bridge. I laughed out loud when it showed them flying away in a helicopter and and then the credits rolled. I was like that's it. That's the end. Like I looked at Donald Sutherland's face and mm. I started laughing. I think that there were too many questions. Like there were too many things that were so unrealistic about the whole thing. It's really? like the most wanted man in America is just like wandering the Esplanade with his the East River Esplanade with his wife, just like chilling out. Like the you know she, the the uh, Jason Concepcion actually has an amazing thread of like all of the weird inconsistencies and questions mm. about. And also she's a she's a psychologist. She's a mastermind psychologist, and she can't figure out like any of what's going on here. But she turned it around in the end. That's what that's I know. The thing. I just you're, you're, you're kind of thinking like, okay, how is she going to use her brilliance? Like, oh yeah, she tells the friend. She and got questioned. Is- she let herself go down as a rich white lady to the police station without a lawyer there. Like the, the whole know. thing. No, it that's was- crazy. I know that that part of to- it. I mean, to me though, I I really felt like again. 
I guess this, uh, you know, kind of is the theme then of this show, at least for, for, uh, of our extra points episode, uh, today is I decided something in my head and then I'm disappointed that didn't play out. Who did you think it was? Who, Who was it? I thought it was her. I thought it was going to end up being her or maybe the kid until the penultimate episode. Then it was like, well, they wouldn't set it up with the kid, you know, finding the hammer, the her finding the kid with the hammer and like, oh, it's the last hour is going to be devoted to um, it being that kid. But anyway, I thought it was going to be her because I thought that doing the math on the fact that she's an executive producer on it and Nicole Kidman can do any project she wants pretty much. And so my thought was she loves the idea of having Donald Sutherland, who the second you see him as a supporting member of the cast, like, well, he's up to no good. Donald Sutherland, Mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's a shady character always. So he's it. And then the woman who's in, uh, what's it called? The Fox scary show. What's the one that they always do the different, uh, seasons of that are scary. The, 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 uh, attorney, the friend, Lily Ray. Yeah. 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 I forget what that show's called. They, the shots of her were great too. She's doing weird stuff, standing up in the courtroom, all uh, much more was, interested in shit I loved than she should have been. It was yeah. I thought maybe so then they you think like maybe she had something to do with it. And may, maybe and the Mina, husband. Yeah. And as Mina Kimes floated out, like maybe it's her, maybe it's the attorney. And because she was the sad affair, the so-called sad affair mm-hmm. uh, in a day. Mm-hmm. And then maybe she had some motivation to do all this. But they are shady characters. Their they're acting personas allow for the latitude as a viewer. Like, it's conceivable that that person's bad. But they, I thought they were just... Um, that they were planted there by Nicole Kidman and company because she liked the idea. And not coincidentally, in my brain, Donald Sutherland the aforementioned one gives the speech when he's the professor in awesome. animal house. When he says, when he says was what was what we're trying to find out here with paradise lost is the, is what they're analyzing in class in animal house. And he says, is he trying to tell us that being bad is more fun than being good? And I thought Aunt Nicole Kidman, the producer was thinking, <laughs> wouldn't that be a neat thing to have the guy who said that in there as the distraction when the whole time is I want to play bad instead of good. I always play good. I want to play bad now. Like I did in, uh, in, uh, to die for way back when. And that's why I'm the bad guy after. All right. Well, but Charlotte, you read the book, but you're one of these books. No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't. I read about the book. I didn't read the book. Oh, I see. Okay, good. I can't read books. Good, good. I I was going to say, stop reading books because if you read that book, you would have been, uh, you would have, the movie, it would have ruined it for, I didn't read that book. Um, Here's what I'm thinking. I thought for sure it was Donald, and this this seems too obvious, but I thought for sure it was Donald Sutherland's heavy set African American housekeeper, the bald woman. I thought it was her, uh, up and through like five and a half episodes. Like that, it's, it's just too. Are you serious? Ah, uh, they're staying on her too long. No, I didn't. I didn't think it was her. I did flip flop a bunch of times. I thought through. I think I get an eighty three percent because through five episodes, it was the son, and I thought it was the son. So five out of six episodes, I was right. Going into the sixth, they have to clear his name. Um, but then I'm like, well, he didn't carry that hammer and beat bludgeon her like that. He probably wouldn't have been strong enough. But uh, I thought it was good. I really liked it. I thought it was my theory. They- I have a text message of this where I say, I think it was Henry covering for Jonathan. So That was a thing, too. Yeah. But it he was kind of, but he was, I don't know, I... By accident, I just felt like it should have been a movie. I would have really enjoyed that as a movie, mm. but six and a half 
hours of sitting there and then they fly away in the helicopter. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. No, no, they one just completely abandoned yeah. the tone of the sh- of the of of the series in those last 20 minutes. Like, again, Hugh Grant just completely his character completely changes and he's so reckless and whatever. He he puts his son in the car. Where are we going, Dad? Where are we going? Like I I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Now I'm like a now I'm on drugs all of a sudden. The joke. Like, well, yeah. that part I get because psychopaths. My one of my best friends actually wrote a thriller, a psychological thriller where the, uh, I, the main I, I was character hoping you would say one of my best friends is a psychopath. Is a psychopath. <laughs> no, she wrote a she wrote a book about where the the thrill is called Tell Me Everything. Um, but Cambria Brockman just gonna plug that. Why not? Um, and the main character that it there's psychopaths involved and so she did a ton of research which was funny because she didn't tell anyone she was writing this book and she had all these stacks of books about psychopaths and she would hide them when people came over because she was like I don't want people to think mm-hmm. I'm insane um, and the whole thing is that they pretend to fit in like they are acting they are they are mimicking empathy so that they can be in society but if if you break like that where Hugh Grant's like, well, I'm, I'm, you know, screwed anyway because I know I did it. So mm-hmm. he just like that. The snapping, I totally got, but the whole thing was just like so overwrought. So they I- could have ended it with her on the stand. Just <clears throat> we, we see what she did. She, she turned everything upside down. That could have, that would have been a cleaner, probably more That's impactful right. ending. Okay. That's right. Heat's a great movie. Is a is a near perfect picture. Yeah. Except for it goes on one beat too long. They should have had a shootout in the alleyway outside the hotel, the airport hotel, and it should have been like a quick draw, high noon kind of shootout right. between De Niro and Pacino. Instead, they have that silliness running through the airfields at night. I didn't care for that. Same thing. Just end it one scene earlier, and I would have been. You're you're, you're right about that, Sal. That would have been better. I just it felt like lost. It's like in episode one. Well, obviously Hugh Grant did it, and then we go through what was what was the point of the ensuing four and a half episodes because you you changed your mind throughout you didn't if if you you thought it could have been literally have been like three or four other people it was also when he gets too upset sitting at the family lunch or wherever where they're having the the fancy thing and my wife like i bet a lot of people said like oh my god do i miss good restaurants like we're watching that scene when they're when they're eating the cantaloupe with the nice prosciutto over and everything and that's what that's what she she took away from that scene and i couldn't disagree (laughs) um Charlotte said she up, missed like, New York. I, I agree. Like the people yeah. in I've New got York. To get some air. I've got to get I liked get... Hugh Grant in it. And I it's it's, it was funny to me, though, because it was just Big Little Lies set in Manhattan. Yeah. I've never watched that show. Emmy's all around, I think. I, I think they But did, when they he gets up job. and leaves because he's too he's too upset, like I need to get some air. And he goes out in the bar and he walks through the bar and Nicole Kidman follows him. And that's where he uh, he reveals like, yeah, it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a dog or whatever. A cat or whatever my sister it, was. Yeah. it was my sister. It was my sister. And that whole thing. Uh, you're to Charlotte's point. You're standing in the middle of a bar weeping. You're you're accused of murder. You're mm. th- that wouldn't happen. You can't people be like, hey, isn't that the murdering guy crying over there? Like, what the hell's going on? It was the all- only thing I compare it to, and it wasn't murder, but it was a, a little. It was Anthony Weiner and his wife. How they were seen out in public <laughs> every single day after the craziness. It's like, oh my god, stay inside. What are you people doing? Why do you want the cameras on you? Um, I liked it. Dave, to your point, I think Nicole Kidman was just happy she got to sing that uh, intro that I skipped over six times. She sang that? Yeah, she apparently sang. I don't know. My wife says that, but uh, I think she's. I don't know that. if this is I don't know if this is politically incorrect in 2020, but I'm going to say it anyway. Oh, good. Yeah. What's up with Nicole Kidman's punum? 
Something a little like every camera angle, she looks like a different human being. Am I right? What's a punim? Face. Jewish. Is, is that Jewish for face? That's yeah. what it is? Yeah. Oh. There's something hey, weird going on. There. She looks like a different human being every time. I, I, from every camera angle, it's that Seinfeld lighting character. I didn't thing, see. Right? I didn't get. My didn't big get thing that. is, I, I, every time they showed her walking in the park or Central Park or in the streets, I'm like, oh, she's six one now. Oh, now she's six four. Oh, now yeah, she's she se- towers over three. Hugh Grant, yeah. and that that's, that was yeah. apparently a. I forget what magazine has done a whole uh, expose on her on her many overcoats. Yeah. Oh, it was uh, New York Mag. Yeah. She looked like Groot at one point. I mean, she just had this big, like, green, I don't know. But she did a great job. Honestly, everyone gets an Emmy there. I liked it very much. Dave, we have four minutes no, you I'm not doing. Through. No, you know. Oh, what? you're not doing it. No, you're saving uh, you, it? You, no, no. I don't. I, I I'm not uh, okay. some leftover that you feed up. No. Oh, what are you going to do? Four minutes we is talk- a long time to talk about Rudolph. And it, it what it airs tonight? Is that it? No, it already aired. Oh, okay. The the the, the national uh, broadcast. The uh, <laughs> it, all right. You know what? Let me tell you something. Go ahead. I'll I'll tell it to you now. I am no Grinch. I am no Scrooge. I love the Christmas season. I love the music. I love mm-hmm. when it snows and gets cold out. I love all the... I really do love just about every Christmas song. Mm-hmm. I don't understand when people bemoan, there are already Christmas decorations out. Halloween's barely passed. All that kind of stuff. You I like say, when they light up the Christmas tree instead of playing football? You love it all. Right. Okay. It. Maybe there are some exceptions to yeah. the rule. But yeah. No, Dave I, loves Christmas. He's a, he I wants like a three forty game. All in. We have a pact in this house that like we cannot start the Christmas music and lights and anything until November first because my wife loves Halloween so much and the kids do as well. So great, but at, but November first, light it up, get it going. You, you only get Christmas once every. Let it last as long as you possibly can for all two right. months out of the year. I love it. So I'm no Grinch about this. However, I do feel obliged to point out the original sin is Santa Claus. And Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was on once again, and it starts very early on in the story of Rudolph. We find out it starts in the cave. Donner, one of the famed reindeer who pulls Santa in his sleigh, is a, is a shameful parent, and he, and he lets uh, the man, a.k.a. Santa Claus, his boss, keep his uh, his big black boot across Donner's throat to choke the life out of him, the dignity out of him. How do I know? Because in the cave, we see little Rudolph get born. His mama is, is, is coddling him there. And look, Donner, what should we call him? We'll name him Rudolph. And I mean, the kid is just out and, he's, and already he's a miracle child because he goes, mama, he can speak. He's a reindeer who can speak. He's been right. out of the womb. For, for 30 seconds. And then all of a sudden, they're so proud. Of course, you're a pair. You're, you, you've you had kids before, Sal. Sure. You know, it's an exciting moment. But then 28 seconds after he's born, Rudolph's nose lights up red. And the father immediately, what's his first reaction? Is like, oh, we got to do something about it. We can't let Santa see this. We can't. That's what you're thinking about? You're thinking about the boss man, how he's going to react to your child's, I don't know, infirmity, whatever it is, his special thing, his red nose. It's a true no, story, though. Can we, we gotta, we gotta cover, that's what the book said. (laughs) Quick, missus, quick, missus, we gotta cover that thing up with dirt. Shame the devil if Rudolph, if Santa finds out that our child has a red nose. Mm -hmm. What what kind of parent are you? He rubs (laughs) dirt on on, on his two minute old child. He rubs dirt on his child's face to cover it up because shame the devil that Santa's gonna find out about it. Lo and behold, what do you hear? Ho, 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 Santa's making the rounds. 
He comes by the cave, this brand new baby, a, a joyous moment for the family. And he comes in like, oh, Sarah, I want to see you. You're going to ride in my sleigh. Well, and then his nose, nose burns bright and Donner, Donner starts, starts making excuses, starts dancing for the, for, for the man. Oh, we'll fix this. We'll fix this, Santa. And Santa's like, well, you better fix this or else he's never going to ride in. He's not going to be on my team. And then he, and then this this narcissist, this this fat slob Santa, launches into some song. Like, well, there, this is a happy moment for the Donner family. And all of a sudden, Santa jumps into some song about like, I am old Kris Kringle. I'm the king of jingling. Like, get out of our cave, old man. Where well, This is a special <laughs> moment for the family. And he's he's denouncing this newborn child with a red nose, threatening him and Donner and shaming Donner. Donner all too willing to dance for fat old Santa. And then uh, he, 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 he's rejected by the reindeer society and Santa and everybody there at the North Pole until at the very end, it's like, well, it's cloudy out. What are we going to do? Oh, Rudolph, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Rudolph's answer should have been, hey, fats, Screw! I'm not flying anything for you. Remember what you said to me when I just got born and the, the the emotional ridicule I suffered out on the playground from my peer group? That wouldn't have happened if you would have stood by me. And you too, Donner. It's wow. a disgrace. I love Christmas. I don't love Santa. Wow. And I definitely don't love the worst parent of the year, Donner. Shame on you. Donner, you're so bad. The Donner party is a shame for the association with you. I don't care for any of it. Charlie, you know what's great about this or the best part? A few minutes ago, Dave was saying how he hated, uh, he didn't like the end of the undoing because the main character became unhinged at the end, at the very end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes and does the same thing at our show. That would have made sense if Rudolph would have been unhinged um, and been like, no way, I'm well, starting my own holiday and I'm going to take off. Beat it, Fats. You, well, you and my uh, mean old man. Donner, Blitzen, any one of them could have killed Santa. I think they did a nice job with it. What do you think, uh, Charlotte? Are you all just, right? Just a reminder, even though you may feel like an underdog, <laughs> you're all my favorite. See you Friday. I think we can end there. 